Welcome to the Helping Hands podcast with me, Gail Louise Turner. On this podcast, I will be chatting to inspirational people and I will be finding out about their life story, their influences and how they give that extra helping hand every day. If you'd like to follow me, please go to my Facebook, which is Gail Louise Turner or on my Instagram, which is Gail GLT. Each episode of the Helping Hands podcast will be having an accompanying Spotify playlist with my guest musical influences. This can be found under Helping Hands podcast playlist on Spotify. Now it's time to sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon. It's the 29th of August 2023 and it's five past 12 on this lovely afternoon. Uh, this this afternoon, um, I'm going to be um, interviewing um, the lovely Richard Holmes from St. Paul Centre in Crewe, um, a lovely charity based in Crewe uh, near Asda. Now, um, I wanted to say to Richard, welcome back to the Helping Hands podcast series with me, Gail Louise Turner. Now, today I've been on his Facebook page and found some fantastic news for just um, for me to share with you before we get started. Now, um, St. Paul's Centre is looking for some shopping baskets, so please get down to the centre and, and help him find some. Um, also, we're looking for some wardrobes for the Friday sale that they have every week. And we're also looking for um, some uh, more food for the food banks, but we'll we'll get to the food banks um, just a bit later. But I just wanted to say, Richard, I love the sound effects on your Facebook page. They really, really add to to the page, and that's fantastic. But we we will get to to that um, just a little bit later. Um, some great works going through there. Uh, but let me just introduce you properly. Um, today I'm chatting to the CEO Richard Holmes of the local charity St Paul's Centre based in Crewe and I'm looking at how the charity services help the local community and people in the wider area and for more information on St Paul's Centre please visit stpaulcentre.org.uk so how are you Richard how are you doing today? Well thank you Gail how are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you. Um, so let's let's start by just saying thank you very much for participating in series four, episode five, and uh, this is great. So uh, we we did speak um a little bit last week um about how your charity was doing, and we're going to speak again today. Um, first again, let's start with your music choices for the Spotify playlist. Um. Like you all know, we do start with this first. It's, it's one of the most interesting part on my part. Um, you've chosen some great choices here. To listen to this on Spotify, if you go to Gail Louise Turner, Helping Cans Podcast Series, Podcast Playlist Series 4, Episode 5, RH, um, St. Paul's Centre. Now, you started with some um, Beatles track here, so when I'm... 64 Beatles why have you chosen to choose this song today question it's a bit unusual really um 
really for a bit of comedy because um these are obviously personal choices that don't necessarily reflect any, any amount of um knowledge or or um or, or even taste in some cases but um i, I decided that when i was 64 i would um retire from uh, working in the voluntary sector uh, because it was the middle of lockdown or just starting uh so i retired for about a fortnight and then um at that point i'd i'd also become the voluntary chair of the saint paul center who at that point was without a ceo and at the same time it uh, it, it was um it was a beginning of, of the covid-19 so what we had to do was without a ceo who had left not due to any bad reason or because of covid what we had to do is close services down really uh so my first job really was to as chair instead of coming to board meetings was really to go in um regularly well i went in nearly every day for 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 seven months to be honest and uh basically had to shut services down that weren't safe to run because of the virus and um that that song reflects you know, when i'm 64 it was very unusual for me to be doing what i was doing i think the covid pandemic did affect us quite a lot in ways that we didn't actually expect and it's quite interesting to to hear your your, your point of view on that one so your your second choice, um, dear Lloyd and Father Mankind, Hubert Parry, um, and the Alid Jones version. Why why did you decide to choose this? Was was this um to do with the, the Christian concern undertone, or was there a much bigger reason to this? Well, these are personal choices, and so really it was because because I am a Christian, and that it, to me, and I would say that. It is very much what uh, has personally driven me in whatever work I've done, um, which has been far from from perfect, but um, has nevertheless been driven by 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 a trust and a faith and a belief in God. And this hymn, which is an old Quaker hymn, part of a, a poem actually, but it, it really um, it, it really reflects. Um, the, the openings reflect how so often we are asking God for things, do this, do that, do the other. Well, this hymn starts by saying, Dear Lord and Father of mankind, forgive our foolish ways, restore us in our right. And I think for me, a living faith in Christ has been about um, constantly coming and seeking and opening my own heart and life up to find out what his mind is, um, to try and do things in a certain way that reflects something of his nature and character. And this hymn is just a lovely um, a lovely set of words um, expressing that. Thank you. So your next choice is Morning Has Broken, Yusef and Cat Stevens, the, the, the version that we, we often hear. Yeah, I mean, that was banging around somewhere in the 60s at the back of my mind. Uh, and the reason for that one was really, I mean, these are very, once again, just, just what, what they mean to me, um, was very much the idea that every day is a new day. And sometimes when you're engrossed in work, which involves interactions, 
uh, with people in need or uh, funding or how you're going to keep going or uh, you know problems that you come across and there are hundreds of them it's it's a difficult thing to to be involved in leading and, uh, and sort of working and managing in a voluntary sector. I think it is in any in any management role, I suppose. But I, I was just reminded once again of, of of how every day is a new day, uh, and and really you have to get to grips with the fact that whilst Monday might not have been great, Tuesday is another day, and it's been really a, a good life lesson for me to remember that that. Every day is a new start and, and it can be different than the day before. Uh, so that's what speaks to me in, in that song. And the, the last choice in the Spotify playlist that, that probably may, may be the, 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 more, the more important to you. Um, and, I, and I think we mentioned the French translation on this one last time was the, the, the duet from the Pill Fishes uh, what was your rationale behind this one? Well, first of all, I'm no opera buff. <laughs> Anybody who's ever seen me or know me knows that. But um, I did once meet somebody who was really into opera and um, they said, have a listen to this. And they, I put their headphones on and they played this duet from the Pearl Fishers by Bizet. And it was just a thing of absolute beauty. I didn't understand the words. And need to to catch the absolute wonder and beauty um, of that of that particular duet, and so I ended up finally going with this person to see the Pillfishers, um, a production by Opera North in Manchester, and um, this was in a sense because you know I didn't know what I was looking at really or any French um, was the only tune I could sort of appreciate properly, but but that that really reminds me that. Things need to be clothed with beauty and we need to take time to understand things, not just as functional or, or how we get them done or how we get something, but stop to appreciate beauty and to do things which have got beauty, to do ordinary things in a different way. Um, if I'd have been able to choose some poems instead of songs, which I'm more comfortable with, I would have chosen for this choice something like, the opening lines to that famous little poem, what life is this, it's full of care, we have no time to stand and stare. And so I think there's a sort of a standing and a staring and then a making of what we do into something not just functional and good, but, but in its own way beautiful. Do you spend a lot of time listening to music at home, Richard? No, none at all. Would you like to? No, I, I'm much happier with words and plays and uh, poems. Um, I'm not. I, it's not that I don't like music. It's just that it's never really been anything other than sort of incidentally a part of my life. Uh, I'm more likely to listen to watch a lecture on YouTube or read a book. Um, it's just the way I'm wired, really. Uh, so I find a great deal of beauty and a great deal of help in words, and of course much music apart from obviously well songs uh, I mean including songs you know are, are obviously words set to music but that doesn't mean to say that the um you know the the pieces of music don't affect me I mean this year I went to the pro I go to the proms every year and this year I went to listen to Elgar's variations with, with you know with a very amateur but real appreciation but funnily enough 
uh, there isn't a lot of music in my life. I think I think something like the proms is one of the the, the greatest opportunities to see that in a different setting. Um, and like you say to you um, yourself, words are so important. And I think I think that must must have, must have been such a great honour for you to to do that this year, especially after the the COVID pandemic being in um, such a big setting. Um, did you feel that yourself? Yeah, I did. I mean, I've been going every year now for about twenty years. Um, it's a kind of annual break I take to London, so uh, I go to I go I usually go to the Globe to watch the latest Shakespeare play there, and then maybe around some of the galleries and museums, eat a lot of food, and go to the proms. So, yeah, it it, it is an exceptional. I would I encourage anybody to get themselves along there at least once in their life, um, because it does introduce you to something different and. Um, you, you come away from it, you know, with a great sense of um, a kind of a hard to experiment, really. Um, so I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's nice to have that after after such a horrible time. It's it's it sounds wonderful and um, nice of like a, an added extra onto your to your bigger role that you do at the the St Paul Centre. So going back to the the St Paul Centre just now. So as you know, it has been widely reported that unfortunately today we are facing great challenges with food, um, widely reported on the news. Um, surprisingly enough, we are we are struggling with what we are growing today, what we are supplying. Um, there's bigger issues with cost of living, health and well-being, and we're all part of the struggle uh with, with food poverty. And um and we're all we're all working together on this. So um looking at your food bank and your your cafe on a on a positive note, how do you help yourself and others to provide that great service, that customer service, provide um the the, the uh, local opportunities to the customers and and everybody out there and make that um difference um every day and get everybody involved and the the volunteers and and how do you and how do you donate with that one with with the food bank and the cafe on the the corner well first of all our, our food bank um is a crisis food bank so any social worker or health visitor doctor um, parish priest vicar clergy um cab can refer a person in for one week's emergency food. That's for an entire family. So we um, we provide a referral process. So we don't directly deal with people. We deal with their food needs and we supply them. So we do that through a team of volunteers, very good and faithful volunteers. Um, we have a, a staff member who oversees that because it's a very big venture. And we have a constant supply of items coming through the door that charities, supermarkets, individuals donate. Um, and we're able, therefore, to supply the needs of all the people that we work with. So we we give out tons of food every month. Um, what we've experienced recently, to answer the question uh, in more detail, is like every other food bank, we have noted a decrease in donation this time last year uh, we're now experiencing 60 percent less donations than last year not because people are mean but as you said gail everybody or many many of us are in the circle of the impact of the cost of living 
So people are thinking very carefully because they have to manage much smaller budgets with much more expensive shopping bills and other bills as well. So our donations are down. At the same time, perversely, but truthfully, our uh, referrals are up by 25%. You can see that we, we have this dilemma. So that means now that um, we would only occasionally shop for any amount of food, but we use our financial donations at the moment, which are obviously going to be declining, to purchase food where it isn't donated so that we can continue to meet the need that people have. People get that week's food free of charge. We would then refer them on to other organisations who can help them. So we really are a crisis organisation right at the, the, the coal face of where the need really is with families and people are really, really struggling. So for anyone who's listening, if you can donate either in food or in cash or whatever financially, we we have the need for that and the people do. I've never known our shelves looking as bare, but also to reassure everyone, people are still having their needs met. So we're still carrying on. We will be carrying on. We'll meet this need. But it has changed. It's all, it's all sort of gone up by notches to be far more severe both for donors and of course for those who really need help and they come from all spectrums it's people who got just a job but struggle because they've fallen into some kind of crisis people who have experienced homelessness and are moving in on their own a family large families who just can't make ends meet um so that Anyone from any any kind of strata of society really can fall into food poverty these days really quite easily. And uh, we, we're very careful and discreet and uh, make sure that they feel very comfortable with receiving uh, what we're able to offer them um, and minimise any sense of embarrassment or shame that might be attended to it. It is simply the way things are, but that's the state of play at the minute. Now, our cafe is a separate thing entirely. The intention of the cafe on the corner is that we provide really good food at good prices. It's all home cooked. Much of it is homegrown as well. But the intention of the cafe is that we would make enough surplus in the cafe to be able to provide funding for the non-food costs of running the food bank, because there are inevitable costs that you never think about, of course, like we do have to have some staffing in there, though it's mostly volunteers. We have to have costs for um, petrol and um, equipment and racking and, and, and packaging and all such things. So that was the intention of opening up a cafe, which we did in the middle of the pandemic. And it's becoming increasingly successful and popular and a really great place to eat. Um, but also all the proceeds uh, go uh, all the profits go uh, into our food bank. That's its purpose. Great. So, I mean, it's it's that's fantastic news, and it's obviously great for health and well-being as well. Having uh, people um, uh, after the COVID pandemic can come and meet for coffee, um, uh, enjoy choosing food because people like that, don't they? Um, similarly to things like MasterChef um, and food and drink from the eighties and nineties, people still like going out um, and trying food, don't they? So that's also the benefit. 
um, coming for that food after work because people want to do that who work locally. So as well as what you're saying there, Richard, there seems to be added benefit there. I mean, myself, um, I'd love to come for a coffee there. So thank you for sharing that information. That's that's wonderful. Um, just by the way, what are the opening hours for the food bank and um, for the cafe as well so people can get down to you and, and help you out there? Well, our food bank is open uh, five days a week. We're a weekday charity. We, we don't do weekends. So we're open for food donations uh, and for people who need our service uh, through the referral process from um, about half past nine till I think about half past three, uh, Monday to Friday. Um, our cafe is open actually eight o'clock till two, Monday to Friday. So it's a lunchtime a breakfast, um, morning coffee sort of cafe. But I, I will say something else as well, Gail, just to tell you a little bit more. Um, we've also opened up on a Sunday for a free Sunday lunch to people who are referred to us who are isolated or lonely. So we can't, can't do it for everybody. But we have about 20 mainly elderly people who come once a month and in the, in the winter it may increase to once every few weeks, every three weeks, we don't know yet who come for a free Sunday lunch on down really, really well and uh, countered an awful lot of loneliness and isolation, particularly in the darker months. And then another thing that we do is in term time um, in our cafe in the afternoon when the cafe's closed, we pre-cook uh, uh, meals to give to families, local families from a local school who come to pick up their children and then call in and they pick up a, um, a chilled some chilled food to save them costs for cooking tea that day, both in terms of energy and in food, just to help out a little bit. And we served well over a thousand meals that way. And that will start again when the schools return. Some weeks we have about 80 meals that we give out, some 60, some 40. That's been a really effective way of just doing a little bit for families who are in real need. Well, it seems like you you cover all avenues, though, and I think I think that's in today's society we do need to to look at all avenues, and especially um, that is the continuation of your services there. So, going back to the beginning of St Paul's Centre and the Christian concern, looking at other key services that are important to you, um, what would you like to to comment on? Um, you mentioned. Um, the, the cafe there going back to the beginning what what is the most important thing to you what service comes to mind that you you think we do really need to concentrate on improving well in about 1984 St Paul's started by providing a, a kind of warehousing space because St Paul's is um a, de a, de a deconsecrated um uh, Anglican church um uh, full of furniture so every day like today we have a couple of vans maybe one day to another day calling in and picking up furniture from people who offer it to us so really what we are first of all isn't a food bank really to be honest that's just one of the things we do um our main use of space is in providing furniture for those in need so similar to the food bank we would get a referral from a social worker, the local authority, CAB, a local vicar or a, a CVS or somebody. They would uh, 
give us the name of a family. They will have assessed their need. And we simply give them a call and say, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, would you like to call into St. Paul's and have a look at the furniture that you have been uh, referred for? And they're able to choose what they want. So we keep it all very dignified and very, very uh, friendly. And they're able to call in and they'll either get that furniture completely free of charge if they come through one route or they'll get a 30% discount uh, and we'll all, we'll always throw far more in uh, other than what we're referred so if a family for instance wants uh, two beds and, and a wardrobe and a table and chairs we'll give them a household pack with crockery and bedding if they need it um, so that, that that is very a very big part of what we do we also, in order to run, sell our furniture as well on Fridays between half past nine and half past 12. We have a Friday sale and we also have um, a big eBay shop where we sell smaller items. And this enables us as a charity to do whatever we can do to generate our own income and to keep going. Uh, so that's what that's what we do with furniture. Now, our other big services and there are more than this is uh, a service called futures futures is a service for adults with additional needs so we have a number of adults up to about 12 or 13 who come to us from monday to thursday and they do they have people working with them and they are able to do things like arts and cooking but they also get involved in the food bank they get involved in the furniture scheme. They get involved in our shoe scheme, which I'll tell you about in a moment. So, I mean, that is a really, really lovely service because it helps us to work with people to build their skills, to improve their lives, to give them a sense. I think a really important sense of not only are there people who are, who are gaining something, but they're giving something to their local community as well. So I'm very, very happy and proud of the future service at, at St. Paul's. Uh, so that those are the bigger ones. Now we, we have others. Um, we have a shoe service called Sal Shoes. And this is children's footwear for families in need, free of charge, absolutely no cost. Once again, a referral process, often through a school. Uh, we might supply and we do supply quite large numbers of footwear to people in need who come uh, who, who are refugees um, and, and have come to the country with absolutely nothing. In terms of footwear, if we have adolescents who would be embarrassed to come and have their shoes fitted because we have a nice little shoe shop in the centre and people can come and have their shoes fitted, we might give a box of shoes to a pastoral worker in a school and they'll just call the young person in and say, do you want to try these on? And save embarrassment and things. So, I mean, that is a very, very effective and well-used service as well. In, in addition to that, we have a cycle workshop called Resurrection Cycles, which focuses on two things. One is people coming in who are perhaps feeling low, maybe have got some mental health issues or have got some struggles with isolation and loneliness or they're young people needing to learn a skill they can come in and work with somebody who's experienced at putting bikes and we have a very, very well-equipped bike workshop. So the idea of that 
isn't particularly that we might sell bikes or we sell a few, but that we might use it as a platform with people who just need to feel better about themselves in one way or another or gain a skill or mix with a group of people and, and learn to, to sort of get along um, with each other. Lots of different things as well. And then our, our final service, and this is our latest service, is we opened up about a year ago, and it's called Extra Miles. Uh, this has grown quite a lot, and it is a service whereby we go to Leighton or Macclesfield Hospital, one of our workers, we've got three workers, and we're referred to patients who are being discharged, but they're often patient family, and we stay involved with those people. We take them home, we look around the house to see if they need any help with electricity, plugging the phone in, slips and trips. We have some food in the back of the car or whatever, so they don't need to be short. They can make a cup of tea, and we'll we will stay involved with them for about seven days. And it may well be that, for instance, we'll take food from the cafe to them if they need that. We'll get one of our furniture men to move a bed or shift a chair or deliver something. Um, so we do, we do all sorts of bits and pieces that you'd normally have if you had your family around you from them. And that has just proved a very sort of precious and important service to people at both ends of the uh, of the authority, both in Macclesfield and here in Crewe. It's a very busy service uh, and it's one that, we're, once again, we're very, very proud of. Well, I hope you don't mind me saying it's it sounds like a great challenge that and um and this and this is what I'm gonna say. You just remind me of um um uh, of like something like um challenge anarchy or all, all this extra um work over and above what you're doing in the center. It's it's just it's just like a um an episode from Challenge Anarchy. This is absolutely fantastic and this is what um, the listeners really, really want to hear because they're going to buy into what you're doing. And I think it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, what you're telling me today, obviously, they're going to listen to and then they're going to go onto your website and find out more information and get involved and um, obviously want to come and volunteer and donate and, and that kind of thing. And um, obviously, um, with, with, with changing times, there'll, there'll be um, more work there and um, they they can get the opportunity to come and have a chat with you as well. Um, is, is that right? They can come and see what and, and get involved. Um, is there a way to contact yeah, I mean, you? As long as, yeah, of course. Yes, please. They, they can do it. I mean, I'm um, very happy to, uh, to, 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 to meet with people if they wanted to pop in a cafe or something and I can pop down and see them and chew the fat with them and uh, answer any questions it's a very friendly place and uh if i can, if i'm not there somebody else will be i'm usually there <laughs> and locally so your your other partners foundations and your charities organizations um, I, um i'm feeling you do get get um, you kind of get that partnership foundation working with other charities is is there um, a bigger project in this um than what just the website says is 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 there a a, a bigger project there no we, we are an independently run charity registered with the um charity commission we have a board of trustees who are volunteers and they, there is a volunteer chair 
Um, we do work in partnership with the other organisations. I mean, it just we we want to and, and we have to, but we're actually a standalone local charity. So whilst that's got its disadvantages, it's got its considerable advantages in that we're able to grow in different ways, possibly a lot quicker and more locally focused than if we were part of a bigger thing. So it's... Um, you know, it depends on which side of the fence you sit on that one. But that's what I would say. I've, I've worked for very, very big charities in the past. But it's good when you're smaller because there's an agility. You can meet the need really quickly. And uh, that's something which I think not only are we very pleased about, but that we have a very good reputation locally. That I, th I think I would say of, of, of St Paul's Centre is... Uh, you know, it, 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 it does what it says on the tin. Um, you know, it actually does it. Uh, it doesn't just talk about it or plan it or scheme it or wish it. Um, it does it as professionally as possible. It seeks to fund it um, sustainably, not this professional view of that. But at the same time, the big thing is, has it occurred? And through St Paul's, things occur. So briefly, um, what uh, would be your future plan for St Paul's Centre? Well, my my future plan is that once I was 64 and now I'm 67. So um, for me personally, I'm, I'm sort of slowing up a slight bit, although I've got plenty of new ideas and, and plans in my mind, um, but also recently appointed a couple of new staff, one of which is... Um, a, de a deputy CEO. So, the future of the organisation, I think, will be will be as follows. I think we're now doing just about as much as we can out of a building. I think a lot of the things that we can do in the future may not be building based, but benefit from what's in the building. A bit like the hospital discharge service, which was an exploration of being able to work in people's households but be able to take food, be able to pop in with a meal from the cafe, bit of furniture, um, all that kind. I could see us doing more of that kind of thing. Different types of community work that need a hub, but are not hub-based. Um, so there's lots of areas of work that we could get involved with, both in terms of, oh, I don't know, young. my background is in homelessness and young person's work young person's activity. I could see that we could do an awful lot there. Um, if you imagine our little cafe, uh, when it's closed, can become an awful lot more than a cafe. It can be a, a little clubhouse for a, a St Paul's football team that uses football to build people's emotional resilience. And that's a very effective tool at, at attracting disengaged young people. It could be a place where maybe people who are refugees can come and have their own international evenings. It can be, it can be anything. It, it, there's lots of areas that we could do the kind of, I suppose I would regard it as a hub and spoke. And so like a wheel. Now I think a lot of the future is going to be about the spoke. Um, because I think the hub is well used and necessary. And I can't see from the political landscape, as I understand it, that changing very much in the future. 
Well, many thanks, Richard, for, for your chats today. And uh, there's so much um, going on at St. Paul's Centre. It's uh, we, we could chat for hours. There's so much going on. And it's really, really nice to see how it's been, uh, well, from the, the story from the beginning to how it is now. So thank you very much for your time today. And I really, really um, do appreciate it. So have um, a great afternoon. And I really, um, many thanks for you, uh, for your all your support and good luck to your centre uh, for the future. Thank you very much for um, all, you very all your much time. Indeed, Gail. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank, Thank you. you as well. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.